hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Kevin West. To order or download additional resources, please visit kevinwest.org. One of the things I've asked uh, Pastor Ronnie to do this morning is to come and bring the word, okay? One of the things that I recognize, um, I don't carry every gift that we need here to help us become a whole body, Right? And uh, we don't, I don't look, it's not built on a personality. And then I look around and see a bunch of helpers. I identify the gifts that are in the house, okay, or in the church. And sometimes we need um, a flavor, an ingredient that, that I can't bring. And I recognize it by when I talk into them and we revelate during the week, I begin to see a little bit of some things that we have. Like, like for example, even in our worship team, there's times when I feel like we're, we need a little different flavor, right? I mean, we need to pull out a hymn occasionally. Not just to flatter the hymns, because we need it. Right? So one of the things I have as, as the pastor of the church is to identify where we are as a body in our growth and maturity and our mobilization and identifying who brings what to get us into that place that's gonna help us cross over that threshold to the next level of relationship with God and each other as a church. And I've recognized for the last couple of months, Pastor Ronnie's been carrying something. In fact, we had Steph do something a couple of weeks, a couple of months ago. She did an exhortation. Well, she actually preached for about 15 minutes and we just went with it because it was something that was fresh on our heart. Pastor Ronnie's got that same thing. We have tons of ministers here, right? And I, I know what it's like to sit on the sideline when you're carrying something. Okay, I know, that's not our culture here. We identify, we affirm, we equip, and we release, right? That's what we do. Pastor Ronnie, come and deliver the word. I'll tell you part of what it's like, it's comfortable. That's why sometimes I need these opportunities. I pray that you're blessed today, but what I'm getting is thrust into the place where the Lord, uh, if the Lord come through, that's awesome. If he don't, then we're all gonna have a really lame time this morning. <laughs> it's get, you can get very comfortable in a place. I wanna talk about that very thing this morning um, because I'm kind of living uh, right now uh, where I'm coming from, and that's Isaiah 6. We're gonna go to Isaiah 6. Um, Isaiah 6, a lot of people know really well, right? It is one of those spectacular passages of Scripture, isn't it? I see the Lord high and lifted up, Isaiah said, right? And, and, the, and the seraphim gathered around him, and they're declaring, holy, 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 right? And it's just this, one of these scriptures or uh, passages that impact us so much because it has, it, it, give, it lifts us out of normalcy. It lifts us out of good enough. It lifts us out of I'm comfortable. And that's exactly what Isaiah and the people of that day needed at that moment. What you don't see a lot of times when you look at Isaiah, uh, it's easy to look at that Isaiah as 
that Isaiah 6 as, as like a big, awesome worship moment. That now we measure our worship experiences according to this powerful moment. But I wanna unpack a little bit today that it was not a general worship service that Isaiah got to peek into. It was a very specific word for him and the people of that day. Every single thing about that encounter and that experience was uh, uh, perfectly placed and was meant to shift everything of the way that they lived. Anybody know that God knows how to speak to you? How many of you understand that God when, when mom can't get through to you, and grandma can't get through to you, and all those people that you respect even the most can't get through to you, that the Lord knows how to speak to you and shift you way out of this whole thing of getting too full of yourself and full of your own ideas. And Isaiah needed that. I had an experience, uh, and I was excited when the Lord gave me opportunity or you know, permission to share this uh, this morning, just right back there a minute ago. Um, I had an encounter one time, several times, but there's one that he sticks out to me of, of an encounter similar to the one that Isaiah had, maybe a little bit less spectacular, I don't know, but um, I was in an environment uh, uh, in this time that was very wooden very human, very, um, it's like everything that was happening around me, I could trace the motivations and agendas of the people around me back to those things. <laughs> and as, and, and it, when I started to see this and experience this, I, it, what, it, what it did is it, it, it just kind of created this thing in me that made me very, uh, gosh, jaded, uninspired, feelings of just being stuck, Anybody with me this morning? And so the Lord knew that if he was going to give me instruction, he had to give me a little bit more than that. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes a, uh, a instruction <clears throat> uh, is, is, it can be a real burden if the things happening around you or what's happening on the inside of you isn't prepared to receive it. Please don't, anybody been there? Please don't give me that instruction because I know what that does to me. All that does is that puts pressure on me, that puts me in a corner, that puts me, that makes me feel stuck, it makes me feel intimidated, whatever. And so the Lord has this amazing way of not only speaking to us, but knowing the way, the atmosphere and the environment that he needs to speak to us in, okay? And so uh, I'll just share with you mine that uh, when I was in that experience, or in that life <laughs> at that moment, um, the Lord gave me a dream. And uh, in this dream, I, found my, I saw myself in this environment and all of the feelings that I usually felt. And that is hemmed in, heavy. See, when an environment is completely focused on what man can do and what God, uh, instead of what God can do, then you have to suppress the things and the godly awesome urges inside of you in order to adapt and live in that environment. Are you with me? 
That's why some of us like to come to church a lot and then wish we didn't have to go to work on Monday. Right? It's because you feel the difference in the environment. Yeah? And so uh, I'm, I felt in that dream that whole environment. He showed me there. He showed me in that environment. And then he flipped me um, into a, a, a completely different environment. And this environment was less organized, less structured, less sparkly. Are you with me? It was all of these things, but something about it lifted all of those feelings off of me. And I felt when I was, when he shifted me into this uh, environment in my dream, I felt those things, oh, I feel like I could breathe. I felt like I could see. I felt free to love the people around me. It was just, wow, it was just, oh, I just felt that community and that commonality and, and all these kind of things. And a song was playing throughout this entire dream. Now, uh, my dad, uh, I used to just uh, hang out at his house sometimes as a teenager on weekends or uh, just here and there. Uh, he and my mom were divorced when I was six. Um, uh, so, you know, I'd just go there and visit. And, and his environment was completely different than, uh, you know, my, my home environment. Everything was different about it. Um, uh, and so as a teenager, you're just, ah, there's something about different. I love different, right? Um, but he was, uh, he, he loved country music, okay? And so he had all of these CDs. I know young people don't know what in the world I just said, right? It sounds like he has a disease of some sort. Um, he had all these CDs, and man, I just loved just these, you know, because I, I like music, and, and so, you know, just the collection of CDs, I used to collect them, put them in, like, folders, and, you know, organize them rightly, and all these kind of things, but, like, uh, he had this beautiful collection, but they were all mostly like, they were all like 70s guitar rock and good old country music, okay? And um, so I listened to some of those. Um, uh, and, you know, I would play video games and, and just keep some of this music going. And so I started loving things like uh, uh, Restless Heart, <laughs> Diamond Rio. Yeah, I was, I was into some of those kind of things for a while. And um, isn't it cool how God knows how to draw you out of one thing and into another? And so in this dream, one of those songs started to play. And, and, and uh, so it was, it was this, I think it was, well, since we're naming names today, I, I think it was uh, Doug Stone. Anybody with me? Don't laugh at me. Uh, but... His song, his song, it said, uh, uh, it was about this relationship that he had with this woman. And nobody at the, uh, it was at, the, at his place of business, and nobody knew that they had this. For some reason, they had this relationship where maybe that wasn't, uh, they didn't feel like that was a good thing. I don't know. Don't get me there, okay? But I'm just saying, like, they didn't want people to know they're at the business, okay? And so uh, they were keeping it professional at the business. And so... Um, at this business, then he uh, has these like um, wonderful times with her away from the business, and then in the business, she's all um, zipped up, hair perfect, uh, and professional. But then in this song, it says, it, it goes, I see you 
in a different light. With your hair falling down and love in your eyes. Come on, anybody know this? It said, in my mind, you're a beautiful sight. I see you in a different light. And this song was playing in the back of this God song. You're going, good, what is that belonging in a God dream for? I'm just, he just knows how to get me. He knew how to speak to me right where I was. Are you with me? He knew how to position my heart to know what he was saying to me. And what he was saying to me is that I see the church in a different light. I know that from day to day, you find yourself in an environment that you're wrestling with. I know that maybe you've kind of resolved yourself and said, maybe this is just the way it is, and maybe it's the best it gets. But that song started playing, and man, it was going, it, it bypassed this stuff and went straight to this stuff and said, I see you in a different light, with your hair falling down and love in your eyes. In my mind, you're a beautiful sight. I see you in a different light. And my zeal for not church, but the, the church rose up in the inside of me, and the Lord started to woo me into that. He was wooing me into that. He was positioning my heart to receive what I really wanted, but I was going to reject because I got wrapped up into a certain mindset that disqualified me. He didn't disqualify me, I disqualified myself. What if today the Lord gives you an encounter like that this morning? Like I, we're about to see in Isaiah 6, like I had, I mean, I'm telling you, literally, I woke up from that dream lifted, lifted. And I went about doing my responsibilities, but with a completely different drive and life, okay? What if the Lord has set aside a time this morning because this is what I feel like he spoke to me, is that Expression Church, well, I, I, I wanna mention to you, that was, in that dream, I was in the West End with a group of people I loved. I believe that right now, I'm living in the fulfillment of that dream that he would woo me into. I would not have gone unless he had to woo me. He had to woo me. You guys ready to be wooed? Let's get wooed. Let's get wooed. Isaiah 6. Uh, go up to, uh, okay, there we go. Yeah. I think he used the way that's positioned. So it was in the year whew, that King Uzziah died that I saw the Lord. I'm going to have to stop right there. It was in the year that King Uzziah died. Now, King Uzziah, if you do a little bit of study on that, King Uzziah was, he came out of the gates awesome. He was one of those kings in the word that uh, they would talk about uh, that the Lord put his stamp on and said he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord and he stood strong and he was going after this thing, okay? Do, you look into him, uh, his time a little bit, it was one of the most impacting and powerful um, uh, times as a king. Uh, they, they compared it, you know, maybe since Solomon, they, they didn't see this kind of stirring in the kingdom he, he was a great leader. He was a rugged leader. He was like a let's get things done and let's move forward kind of leader, okay? I mean, I'm talking about he didn't just 
uh, take care of things and everything's fine, like he pressed. Uh, is, he was responsible for leading like the reorganization, refortification. He, he put them some things together in Judah, are you with me? And, 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 and expanded their uh, agriculture and, 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 and really just changed the culture for the better. It gets so good, it gets so good that I believe that it shifted the king and the people, okay? Um, because some of you know uh, the story of uh, King Uzziah. What happened to him is uh, he goes in to the temple and uh, he makes a, uh, a move in the temple, uh, in the realm of uh, worship and sacrifice that he wasn't qualified for. It was meant only for the priesthood, okay? So they bring in 80 priests. I mean, this was a big deal. They bring in 80 priests, and this king that they loved, this king that they admired, this king that they felt safe under, they felt secure under, they felt everything was gonna be okay as long as he's taken care of, they had to have the courage and bravery to bring 80 priests into the temple and say, guess what? You can't do this. I know that was tough, and I know that was even scary. I know that they must have trembled while they said it, but they said, you have broken this thing, and listen, you are against what the Lord is doing, and you need to get out of here. And instead of responding with humility, King Uzziah just rose up and bore up because that pride had gotten to him. Are you with me? This thing of like, I'm doing my duty. I'm doing everything I can for... the. God's people and for what's going on around here. I'm doing, all, now you do, see, he's not, he's not King David. He wasn't peering over and checking out Bathsheba, showering. He was coming in to make a sacrifice. Are you with me? So it bore up, and the minute he bore up, man, that, op that thing opened up, and a light shone upon him, and, uh, the, the priest saw leprosy just uh, come forward on his forehead and, and, and it was just, to an amazing life, an amazing rule, it, it ended very tragically in that they had to kind of put him away, okay? So when this says, in the year that King Uzziah died, you have to realize the power behind that statement. Because that, that puts a people uh, that felt very secure and they felt like they had everything that they needed under this little umbrella to the places, really, really, I can be complacent. Really, I can just do, I can relax. I'm just fine because I know I've got this leadership that's kind of just taking every, care of everything for me, okay? That's ripped from them. And it's in that context that God says, okay, King Uzziah's gone. That age and that day and age and that, that feeling, listen, I know you feel naked right now. You feel exposed right now. You feel like, what are we doing right now? And it says, in the year that King Uzziah died, whoo, I saw the Lord. He was sitting on a lofty throne and the train of his robe filled the temple You've been around church long enough probably that you've heard about that train, right? That train uh, uh, in that time showed the, the, the majesty of the kings in that time, the influence, the authority, 
right? The power that he really had. And it said it filled the entire temple. Now, one way you might know about this is uh, you've seen a wedding, right? And you see the train of the bride, right? And so literally, as a kid, I didn't know what was going on. I thought she probably should have like chose more wisely on the dress. I didn't know when I'd go to a wedding, I was going like, that's way too big for her, obviously. I don't know what's going on here, right? But this train followed behind her and, and uh, symbolically, all these kind of, these women, I remember just taking care and making sure that they, she could make a corner, right? Because this train, right? She was the place, person of honor. It was show, it's showing that, hey, this, I'm not just a pretty face, right? I'm not just somebody that he snagged. This is, I'm carrying something, and to have me is a prize. To have me represents something that he's buying into, something that he's joining with that changes you can't take me in stride, says the bride. Amen? Come on, you brides are not speaking loud enough. You can't take me in stride. The train says that there's something that you are receiving right now that, that, takes, that takes five people to get down an aisle. Now, the kings of that time had the same kind of situation, right? They would have the train and, and you know, you're knitting together. Come on, they didn't have JCPenney. They didn't have uh, uh, dresses and formals. See, I don't know anything I'm talking about. Like, they didn't have these formal places where they actually bought wedding dresses. They didn't have this. Somebody's weaving this stuff together. So you realize the impact and how much it shows that, hey, think about what it takes for a king to walk in and his train to fill the entire temple. Think about the level of, uh, the immensity of who that person is, what he represents, the people that that represents. Are you with me? So he walked in the train. King Uzziah, people of uh, Judah, people of Israel, Listen, are you impressed with yourself? Do you think you've done well? Did you feel safe, secure, and okay for a while? I got news for you. There's a king that you really serve. That it takes many King Uzziahs many, 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 many King Uzziahs just to have him walk into the room. The seraphim are gathered around. Can you guys go with me here? It's just, it's an environment. The, the, I, they had to set an environment for Isaiah because the people of that day had become so dull-minded, so stony, not in evil, but in, we're okay. We're okay. Seraphim are gathered around God there. And it says that he, they have two wings that cover their eyes, showing the humility that they have, that they can't even look upon the immensity and the beauty of his majesty. 
covering their feet, showing the modesty or the, the position of their hearts that, that, that even to be in his presence goes four layers deep into the heart. Are you with me? And then the wings to fly that just show we're ready. The seraph, the seraphim, if you look at the meaning behind it, it's called the burning, the burning ones. The burning. The burning. The burning. You all think that it's, when we look, just look casually at Isaiah 6, we look at that and we go, oh, isn't that just a beautiful thing that they're just singing holy, holy? That must really make God feel good. That they're just gathered around the throne and they're just saying holy, holy. That's so sweet, that's so pretty. No, 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 no. There was an environment that they lived in that was so consumed and so sensitive and so aware of who God really is and the splendor of his majesty that it was the overwhelming fibers of their being that cried out and couldn't stop, holy, 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 holy. So much so, so much so that Isaiah literally was taken back and okay, I'm okay, was gone. He said, woe to me, for I'm a man of unclean lips and I live with an entire group of people. We live with unclean lips. In other words, man, we're so misguided. We're so blinded. And just the words, they weren't speaking evil words. What they were speaking were words of just things are okay. God is common. He's for us. I consider myself a, what you call a grace preacher, okay? So throw stones now because I believe of the full sufficiency of the blood of Jesus Christ. meaning that I don't feel like I can add anything to it to make me better. That what he did, he did once and for all for every fiber of my being. Are you with me? But I just know this. True recognition of who God really is and what he's really done for me should put me to my knees not with a pride chest stuck out. Let me read a little bit. Attending him were the mighty seraphim, each having six wings with two wings. Uh, I'm sorry, we go. With two wings, they covered their faces. When two, they covered their feet. And two, they flew. They were calling out to each other, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of heaven's armies. I want to point out that it wasn't just Hey, this is just God and he's awesome. This is the Lord of heaven's armies. The seraphim are absolutely consumed with not just, not just the majesty of God, but they're saying, hey, there's something to go after right now. There's something to go for. I believe seraphim would attend Expression Church. I believe that they do. 
He's the Lord of heaven's armies. The whole earth is filled with his glory, pointing to the, there's a purpose outside of this throne room. And to be consumed with him is to be consumed with the passion for it. Their voices shook the temple and its foundations and the entire building was filled with smoke. Then I said, it's all over. I'm doomed, I'm a sinful man. I have filthy lips and I live among a people with filthy lips, yet I've seen the king, the Lord of heaven's armies. Think about how he was shaking on the inside with recognition of that that he had taken for granted just went bam, split and he saw and he felt and he experienced. The people of that day had to have that. Years that they've set in complacency because somebody else had taken care of it. Then I said, it's all over, yeah, keep going. Then one of the seraphim, they flew to me with a burning coal he had taken from the altar with a pair of tongs. He touched my lips with it and he said, see, this coal has touched your lips. Now your guilt is removed, your excuses are gone, your sins are forgiven, let's get going. Then I heard the Lord asking, whom should I send as a messenger to this people? How many knew the Lord knew the answer to that question he's asking? How many know everything was a big setup to right to this moment, right? Who will go for us? Isaiah had no other choice. Here I am, laying on the floor, rolling around. You're gonna have to pick me up and make sure I hear again. Here I am, send me. And he said, yes, go and say this to the people. Listen carefully, but don't understand. Watch closely, but learn nothing. Harden the hearts of these people. What an assignment. Plug their ears and shut their eyes. What an assignment. That way they will not see with their eyes nor hear with their ears like they have in the days of King Uzziah where everything was, aren't we just blessed? In the years of WWJD bracelets and Jesus bumper stickers, they're not just gonna get by with that anymore. Nor understand with their hearts and turn me to me for healing. Then I said, Lord, good, good question. How long do will I have this assignment? And he replied, until their towns are empty, their houses are deserted, the whole country is a wasteland until the Lord has sent everyone away and the entire land of Israel lies deserted. Listen to this. If even a tenth, a remnant survive, it will be invaded again and burned. But as a terebinth or an oak tree leaves a stump when it is cut down, so Israel's stump will be a holy seed. What's happening there? There is a life that you can live that wins the favor of man. And everybody look at you and go, aren't you awesome? Aren't we blessed? Aren't we just in the fog? Favor of God. The Lord is not the author of any 
rough, difficult times in your life. But I'm telling you, some of you need it. I need it. I've had the, I've had the roughest couple of weeks. I don't even, I felt like, I told Bria the other day, uh, I, I posted something on Instagram that showed the dirtiness of our house. And while I don't mean the dirty, like, you know, that we're not clean, I'm talking about like our entire uh, uh, square footage is covered in toys. Superheroes and uh, blocks and magnets and all these kind of things, they fill my floor. I mean, you, it's easy to look at that and go, all of us, see, they should pick up. Pick up three times a day like me and then tell me I need to pick up. But she, she called me, she called me and she was like, I had just been, I'd gone through so, like, I feel like every call that I got, every encounter that I was having with people was just like so heavy. Like, so, you know, I'm just feeling for so things that are going on in people's lives. I mean, there's just, they're pivotal to just change everything, right? And I was just so heavy with things and she called me just ready to joke and laugh about how this, what are you doing? You're putting our living room out on the uh, social media here, like it's a mess. And I said, Instead of just going, oh, I know, ha, ha, ha. Uh, instead, I was just like, listen, did you, is that what you called for? Did you, did you call just to call me out on my social media life right now? Why? Because I couldn't take anymore. And it, what, was, what was just a joke, man, just sounded like criticism to me, and I wasn't having any criticism at that moment. Can we be real here this morning? She's like, oh, okay, fine, you know. But it's in times like those that you realize, like, like I've had in the past couple of weeks, sometimes you just need an encounter where you're cut down to the stump. Why? Because in that stump is the holy seed. I'm talking about you take away all of this stuff that I say I'm so blessed. Aren't I just so blessed? Listen, when you're cleaning up all those toys three times, three or four times, five, 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 six times, the day. Don't feel so blessed, right? But in that bubble of I'm blessed, what happens is you start saying those things and you start casually throwing those things out, right? Listen, you are blessed, but it has nothing to do with your 401k. It has nothing to do with, with everything's okay today and I don't have any problems that are really messing with me today. That's not what blessed is. Blessed is that cut you down to the very stump and you've got nothing left. I'm telling you, in you is a holy seed that determines your value and worth. The way that stuff never could. The way that people who applaud you and think that you're great never can. You're here this morning to be able to even declare blessed and even to have bumper stickers because at some point you were cut down to the stump and all you had left was, Lord, I give myself to you. Morgan, uh, 
Shannon, she was, uh, oh, there she is. Uh, we were in uh, teens group uh, the other night, uh, ESM the other night, and uh, she's like, I got a headache. She's like, Pastor Ronnie, do you have any aspirin? And I said, such as I have. Aspirin I have not, but such as I have. And so we prayed, and she's going, that lifted. Um, but I, I think sometimes King Uzziah has to die in your life. So that this idea of I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay. The problem with that is not, listen, we all want to be grateful. I, want you, I wanted to, to separate what I'm saying tonight from being, oh, you're saying we shouldn't be grateful? and declare to everyone we're blessed, that's not the deal. I, what, what, that's blessed. When you've got the Lord inside of you and he's pumping in your veins and he's moving through your life and he is shifting. I, I'm telling you, the correction and discipline of the Lord is, is true blessed because it's, a, it's, a, it's something inside of you that is stirring you that you really are called for far more than good houses, decent income, and we've paid the day again. I had a very prideful moment as I was waking up this morning, okay? I don't know why, I'm telling you, I, I could blame it on the Lord, but I think my humanity woke me up this morning, okay? And as soon as I woke up this morning, listen to this, this is just junk. Uh, as soon as I woke up this morning, I said, uh, I was thinking about my life and my, my, my leadership and just what I do from day to day, okay? And I said, well, I'll tell you one thing, I'm a toilet cleaner. And uh, what I was saying was, like, I'll show up every day and like there's, you know, there's a whole thing about like, can you clean the toilets? Meaning like, like you know, in the realm of all that you're doing, uh, can, you, can nothing be too uh, low for you? Are you with me? Like uh, I'm, not too, I'm not too advanced and too amazing uh, uh, to do what needs to be done. Like my nature is like I, I, I have to clean some toilets, okay? And uh, I, it's all in the name of my drive to clean toilets is, is in the name of like, it's gotta be done. It's gotta, we gotta get, we gotta move. We gotta, we gotta do this. We gotta, we gotta advance beyond this moment, right? And so I rose up and uh, that's, that was a thought that I woke up with this morning, completely prideful and junky. And the Lord said, that's, see Ronnie, that's just it. I don't call you to operate out of your responsibility. I call you to operate out of my anointing. Meaning that there is something special about you, but what you just talked about is not it. There is something that should shake the powers of darkness when you walk in the room, but it's not because you're willing to clean toilets. The thing that's amazing about you is that seed in the stump, right? The thing that's special about you, the things that... The reason I can expect anything from you that's beyond any, that's, that's really anything I need is because the Lord is inside of you 
and strip everything away and strip all your good uh, outfits and, and good ideas and classy sayings and all these kind of things away. Like what's amazing about you is that, ah, that, that, that seed, that part that, that when you first gave your heart to him at a place of being truly undone, the, as undone as Isaiah got to be right there. Are you with me? That he's in, the, you're in touch with that. The problem with I'm blessed, I'm blessed, I'm blessed, I'm blessed, and seeing all you're blessed in all of that other stuff is that it ignores the seed. It overlooks the seed. It overlooks what you really have. That's why I'm bringing up that story about Morgan. Is because, listen, I probably could have cleaned some toilets and looked up and in and out and all around this place for the ibuprofen that she needed and then said, gosh, I'm just a loving pastor just to take care of her. But I'm responsible to operate out of the seed. Can we stand for a minute? We're gonna sing a song right now that puts us right in the place of Isaiah 6. But here's what I'm feeling is that there is some place that the Lord is taking this church. This church that is anointed with a message of let's move, let's go, and let's see practically every day Come on, the expression of Christ in what? Everyday real life. That's an anointed word that we're called to bring. I'm just telling you this, we need to, we need to carry that word out in a way that is anointed. There is a practical outflow of what the Lord wants to do in your life, but I want, I want you to make no mistake, the resources that you're gonna do it out of are not practical. Right? We need a people who before they lay their hand to the plow know how to see the Lord high and lifted up. We need a people that before they begin taking care of things and moving on with the responsibilities of the day. Instead of just operating out of responsibility, they know how to operate out of the anointing of the Lord because they've been in his presence. And when they've been in his presence, they know very well who he is and therefore who they are not. Therefore who he is and therefore who they are. Does that make sense? <laughs> that you recognize what I have as the seed God that started in me the day that you called me. And the very thing that brought salvation to my life is the very thing that's gonna take me into the kingdom, that's gonna take me into the purposes and plans and designs that you have for. Let's let a people today answer that call of staying before his throne, staying before his throne, I see the Lord seated on the throne, exalted in the train of his robe, fills the temple with glory. 
woman may fall as they serve the Lord it happens it happens but those that allow the Lord to serve them won't fall what are you saying I'm saying this it's time in the throne room when you see people fall and when you see people falling away, when, you, when that's happening in your own heart or in your own life, it is, it is not because you're not zealous. It is not because you're not truly anointed to do God's work. Listen, get all those lies out of your face. The truth is, is that at some point things begin to move and we start to feel okay about them. And we forget to allow the Lord to serve us. We forget to allow the power and the goodness of God to be the thing that is driving us and lifting us up from minute to minute, from moment to moment. Are you with me? <clears throat> I want to release a thing in this room right now to those that would be open to it. We're a people that God's people outside of this room when they're asking for bread, won't get a serpent instead. <laughs> but that we are a people that know how to stay anchored in the throne room 
and continue to be overwhelmed and consumed with the majesty of our Lord. The way a husband's call is to cherish and to see his wife with that train down the aisle. Lord, we want to see you with that train of your robe filling this temple. That when people encounter us, when we have experiences with other people, that they are not asking for bread and we give them a serpent. No, they get the bread of God. They get the presence of the Lord. They get the, the from the stump, the seed in the stump is where we're drawing from to minister to them. I ask, Lord, for an amazing awareness and sensitivity to your spirit. Lord, let seraphim stir the heart in this room, God. Let tongues, let tongues hit the tongues in this room, God. Let zealousness for your glory consume us in this day, Lord. We want parents that operate out of anointing, not responsibility in this family. We want ministers that speak and minister and pray for the sick and love other people, not out of a responsibility or charity alone, but instead out of that anointing, that, that equipping that only the Lord brings out of that seed the seed of the Lord Jesus Christ inside of us. He's what empowers us. He's what our expression is. Amen? Amen? Come on, Lord. We thank you so much. Father, we ask for your openness, for your life to fill us every day, all in all. Hallelujah. Good night to y'all. Good night.